Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hear the call of the dead as you enter the must have seen TV holiday gauntlet Halloween. This is the audio tome dedicated to spooky stories of yesteryear from Bewitched to Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I'm your TV guiding spirit, Brett White, and running the holiday gauntlet this week is the Hollywood Reporter's Josh Wiggler. Hello, Josh. Oh, <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's how I speak. That's yeah, how no. I speak. I speak in werewolf. What? I, I wonder what. <laughs> Thank you so much for being the, uh, oh my God, the final guest of the Holiday Gauntlet. Does that mean I, I survived? I'm the survivor well, of the we'll, of the we'll Halloween see. Holiday Gauntlet? We'll oh, so hour. it's TBD, so, <laughs> TBD. No spoilers. The, the other three guests all survived, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh God, what if I'm the only one who doesn't survive? <laughs> oh no, that's a nightmare. Hopefully well, yeah. we will uh, escape this one unscathed. Uh, with maybe like a, a little more hair uh, yeah, to show a little for more it hair on, our, on our chins and chests. Um, yeah, it's just like tiny micro hairs on my yeah. chin. I'm still, <laughs> honestly, I'm still waiting, frankly. Oh, I got, yeah. Take some of mine. <laughs> this is, yeah, this, this episode can go to weird places. <laughs> Let's just really get honest. Can. This one can great. go to some weird ass places. Um, <laughs> so I've, as I've been asking everyone that's been on the holiday gauntlet so far, what is your history with Halloween and where do you rank it with Christmas and Thanksgiving? Ooh, where do I rank it with Christmas and Thanksgiving? I mean, if you had asked me this question when I was a kid, I think Halloween would have been a decisive number one. Yeah. Um, it would have been a decisive number one. I loved Halloween. I loved trick-or-treating. I loved getting dressed up. Um, a lot of great costumes along the way. Shout out to Dee Dee Wiggs, my mom's, uh, <laughs> who was just, she was the best at making these incredible costumes for my brother and I. Like, uh, I mean, I told this story on another podcast recently about how I got into like being an, entertain- an entertainment reporter uh, to stutter through that and all of that good stuff uh, tracks back to when my parents made the terrible decision to bring my brother and I to Terminator 2 Judgment Day in theaters. <laughs> Came out in 1992. I was a fresh seven years old, and I loved it. Like, I should not have enjoyed it as much as I did, and it just, I latched onto it and very quickly developed a huge Arnold Schwarzenegger obsession from that point <laughs> forward. And that Halloween, or maybe it was the next Halloween, I was the T-800. I was Whoa. the Terminator. Uh, and that's my favorite costume that I've ever done. But I, I had a few really good ones along the way there used to be a web comic called pokey the penguin uh i went as pokey the penguin one year in late high school uh i was um i was ray stance from the ghostbusters oh, one year that's good that was, 
It was good. It was a hand-me-down from my brother who two years earlier had gone in the same exact costume, but with a wig, <laughs> uh, a blonde wig. And so he was oh, That's universal. Yeah, so he was cartoon Egon. Um, what was another good one? I had a, I had a, a detective costume uh, for like the earliest Halloween that, not the earliest Halloween that I can remember, but one of the earliest Halloweens I can remember. And uh, you would have thought that I was just like a generic detective but I was very specifically based on Ace Harding from the Nintendo game Deja Vu <laughs> that nobody remembers. Um, and then the earliest one that I can remember was when I was the Scarecrow in fifth grade with my best friend since I was two years old who went as the Tin Man. And then the third guy in like our, our kind of trio of good friends went as Raphael the Ninja Turtle. <laughs> That's... That's a trio he's not, I like. He's 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 still a great guy, but he's we're not as close. So yeah, maybe that was a, it was an early warning sign. So needless to say, I loved Halloween. <laughs> I enjoyed, I enjoyed Halloween tremendously as a kid. I have to admit, Brett, I have fallen off the Halloween wagon oh. in, in recent years. Um, it probably does just by default have to rank number three for me these days. I love the holiday. Maybe when I'm a parent someday, like I will be reactivated with my love for Halloween to you know, do a service to my child the way that my mom did for me. That might be really fun. But I've like, I'm kind of like bah humbug on Halloween these days. Why? I don't know. Like, I just, well, I have like, I don't know. I get like very nervous in social situations. And so I don't love the idea of like going out on a night where like everybody is masked and feels like they can just do whatever they want. Like maybe that's not necessarily how it's going to play, but I just have these tremendous fears of something awful happening. Yeah, especially. Yeah. Especially today, Brett. Especially yeah. now. That's you why you got to go to a party. You got to find a good uh, Halloween party to go to. I know, but I just I, I get I get really spooked out by the by the whole concept of it, and I feel like I'm not going to be creative enough and come up with a good enough costume. I honestly can't remember the last time I dressed up for Halloween. It's been years. It's were been you prob- at, were probably you at, uh, years at this point. Were you when did were you at Wizard in October 2008? For that Halloween costume contest. No, uh, I wasn't. I had just left. Oh, I, I, I left Wizard uh, September 2008. Oh, boo, so, yeah. Just missed I, it. I brought up that because I, I, I won the co- the costume contest that no year. Big, oh, no so, big deal. Who were you? Who were you dressed up as? Your, was, your Halloween costumes are always legendary. Yeah, I, I love Halloween. Uh, I was myself as a new mutant. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you do? How did you dress up? Well, I was I just wore the traditional X-Men uh you know original X-Men uniform new mutant uniform. I just made that the black with the yellow stripe and the yellow nice. shorts. That's awesome. Uh, I just did that because I couldn't like I mean I needed to wear my glasses so I couldn't really be Cannonball. And also Cannonball at the time he didn't have his uh, blast goggles or anything, which is usually if you're doing a Cannonball costume that's what you need because that the goggles would separate you, but he didn't wear those on the new mutants. Um, that, but you just described like a big hurdle for people like us when it yeah. comes to Halloween is like we got to either like come up with a character that has glasses or you have to be able to wear contacts. I don't know about you, but I can't do that. Yeah, not going to happen. I can't for wear me. contacts. I have an enorm- enormous eye phobia. It's like my it's my biggest thing. Uh, it's the only thing that scares me more than like the looming nuclear disaster of our <laughs> like world. Sticking things in your eyes. Yeah, that's it. I can see pretty, I can see fine without my glasses. Um, so I can go without, uh, but the year I was Cyclops, I put, I got like red lighting gel and put that <laughs> in my glasses behind them. So it like, 
It was great. <laughs> yeah, but like I remember, like I was uh, I was John McClane from Die Hard with a Vengeance one year. Uh, shortly after that movie came out, so that was what like ninety six or yeah, something. Yeah, that was a lot. Yeah. So I was like this pudgy little sixth grader, I think, that was running around in the middle of Halloween uh, in the fall when back then it was actually cold during Halloween. Yeah. And I was like covered in fake blood and I had like ripped up jeans and a white tank top <laughs> that was also ripped up and covered in blood. It's like John McClane after he's seen some shit during Die Hard with a Vengeance. And I was just like freezing my butt off. And on top of it, I had glasses on. And so like, <laughs> None of it. None of it added up. It was such a great idea in my mind. None oh. of it added up. So see, I want to see now. I want to be your ghost of Halloween present and like really. Uh, I don't know. Well, that isn't really what the ghost did. But I want to like. <laughs> I want to re. I want to reignite your passion for Halloween, which is. But they did. They would do that through torturing you and spooking you. I'm not going to do that. I want to do that through showing you a good time. All so, right. Well, <laughs> well, we'll get a Halloween in the books. If you survive <laughs> long enough to Halloween 2018, you can be yeah. my Halloween guide. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, moving on to Halloween 1994. This week, we are traveling to October 28th, 1994. Pulp Fiction ruled the box office. I'll Make Love to You by Boys to Men topped the charts. And ABC aired the Boy Meets World episode Who's Afraid of Corey Wolf? Josh, you must have seen Who's Afraid of Corey Wolf before. I'm shocked that I don't think I have. I, I'm pretty sure this is the first time I've encountered it, or it's the first time I remember encountering it. And I loved Boy Meets World as a kid, but in watching this episode, I realized that, like, all of my Boy Meets World memories must be, like, in a blender and just all jumbled together because I was watching this, like, Mr. Turner, you're in season two? Yeah. Really? You know, I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like the like the young Corey Matthews era went longer than it must have actually gone. Uh, so I don't know. I'm, a, I'm discombobulated when it comes to my Boy Meets Worlds. Yeah, so I... Like, I grew up watching Boy Meets World, so I'm sure I've, I've probably seen this episode before. I'm not actually sure. But I will say, like, I never attached to Boy Meets World the way, like, my cousins did, or I think a lot of my peers did. Uh, I I don't know. For some reason, I just, like, it was always fine. But um, even as a kid, I could tell that it was different. Yeah. There's like a well, just because there's a um Jeff Franklin and Miller Broyette had like a vice grip on TGIF because they are the ones that did Full House, Family Matters, Hang On, Mr. Cooper, and Step by Step, and probably even other ones. And there's a very specific, I don't know, things as like granular as like the lighting or like the way the sets are built or like the way the theme songs are put together. They all kind of match. It's kind of the difference between like a Marvel comic and a DC comic. Interesting. Where, like, you can tell what a DC comic is because, like, they have different house colorists and letterers. So, like, subtle things like the way that, like, word balloons are drawn in a 90s DC comic just looks different than it did in the Marvel one. And that's all stuff that I didn't realize until I was an adult. But as a kid, I could be like, there's something off here. And so Boy Meets World to me as a kid was always this weird outlier. Like, it just didn't look the same to me. This I was destined to do this podcast <laughs> from the age of, like, nine on. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think that like I I loved Full House and Family Matters before I fell for Boy Meets World, but I did love Boy Meets World, and I vividly remember going to uh, uh to our friend Ariel's house. There is a girl in our in our school named Ariel. Was she and the Ariel, Topanga? She or no, Topanga? Like, like briefly, maybe uh, it was like Ariel, Susan, my best friend Ben and I, and we would hang out at Ariel's house and we would watch Boy Meets World and we would just like goof off like stupid kids. And we loved that show. But I mean, even even thinking back on I mean, I haven't watched them all in a sequence and I don't have the mind for it the way that you do. Uh, but I, <laughs> I mean, who does really? You are you are in a, a, class, a class of your own, Brett White. Uh, I, I don't I don't remember it feeling too much like Family Matters in Full House. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, Did like not. the step, the step by step of it all, and Boy Meets World, and like that block, that really did feel of a piece to me. But mm. even the music on Boy Meets World, it's inconsistent, right? Like they go through, I think, three different theme songs. Or like oh three- no, yeah, like because I, I watched Halloween episodes from seasons one and two, and then I also skimmed through one earlier today from like season six or seven, and they're yeah. all. I think their opening changed every year, maybe. Well, I feel like the when it's boy meets world. Yeah, yeah, that was like later. that held on for a while. But once that came in, I feel like they latched onto that for a minute. But then maybe in like the latest seasons, did they just do like? I mean, they didn't do a cold no, open. It might this be the last. The last bad. season, the opening is very like frenzy because it's like all of them. Oh no, this all. I think it also might be Sabrina the. Oh yeah, Blues. no, no, you're right. There's like electric guitars and they're all getting in the cars like. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> But that's the thing that's super fascinating about Boy Meets World is that it starts out, thing I just had to look up, because in this episode, he's a freshman in high school. Uh, in season one, he's in sixth grade. So right. there's a time jump in between <laughs> where the show catches oh. up to how old uh, Ben Savage actually is. Wow. And, you know, Boy Meets World does not get enough credit for the flash forward. You know, a lot I didn't of credit. Even know it to- did it. The Damon Lindelof and Carlton yeah. Cuse really, you know, uh, inventing that frozen donkey wheel. But it was it was really uh, it was really Boy Meets World that was ahead of its time in so many ways. Yeah, it's really it is super. It's just super crazy to me to think that like they were like, no, we definitely need to jump ahead <laughs> two <Yeah>. years. <laughs> Stay away, stay away from junior high or middle school if totally. that was your experience. And I, well, uh, I'm also wondering why they, because they had a 13 year old actor in season one. It's like he needs to play 11. That's like, what was that instinct? Also, like I don't maybe, understand. Yeah, maybe they felt like they had more story juice if they just you know skipped over to to high school. And I I don't think that that's necessarily incorrect. Um, yeah. but but I'm I'm looking you know I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now, and you know it's a it's like a serious 22 to 23 to 24 episodes per season. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Seven seasons of Boy Meets World, and this is why, why I'm saying like my my memory of this show is in a blender because I could have sworn that we were like in the in the in like the elementary school Minkus days of Boy Meets World, the the salad <laughs> days of Boy Meets World for like at least two seasons. No. I'm like again, mind blown that Mr. Turner is here as early as season two because yeah. I I know that he's he's still around for like. Some of Sean's formative years, he's right? In, like he's a regular on seasons two and three, I do believe. And that's it. And then he's out I at four, so. five, six, I think seven. so. That feels crazy. He to might me. have been I, like guest like, spots. I I went deep into the Wikipedia cast listing because I was like, I tr- was trying to figure out like how all this. 
Because I also was like, I can't believe it's Minkus. Like the Berenstein was... Bears, Berenstein. Yeah, stuff. yeah. Because <laughs> I also real. couldn't believe that Minkus was only in the first season. Because when I started watching this, like, I thought like Minkus was a major part. So I guess I watched all of season one as it aired. Yeah. Nuts. That might be it. That might be it. It's like we just like, you know, you watched every single episode of season one. And at the time that it was airing, it must have just felt like forever because that's how time worked back then. Yeah. Oh. We were, you know, what? That's 90. That's 93. So I'm eight. Uh, like that. Yeah. That seems accurate to me that like that would have <laughs> felt like forever. That well, even felt like a billion years. The episode we're talking about aired October 94. So October 94, I've discovered Friends and I'm watching friends season one along with tgif and i feel like i'm noticing a difference like i've i've dipped my toes into the adult world and you know i'm not long for this tgif world for much longer Uh, yeah 94 i was trying to discover like friends in real life (laughs) oh i i was hopeless in that area so i was (laughs) i had the i had the one i had the one (laughs) and that was basically it uh my brother was was all right. He was yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, guy. so moving on to the actual episode of the hand, let's dive into the serious discussion. Really serious. Uh, this week on Must Have Seen TV, we are talking about the Boy Meets World episode, Who's Afraid of Corey Wolf? It is the sixth episode of season two. It was written by Mark Blutman and Howard Busgang and directed by John Trainer. Here is how Hulu describes the episode. Corey goes through teenage changes thinking something evil is happening. Josh, how accurate is that description? What a spoiler, though, right? (laughs) Like, I mean, just really giving away the goose or the werewolf, as it were. Something evil. That's pretty, that's like a, that's barely scratch. I mean, I guess it does tell you what's going on in the episode, but like leaves a lot. Well, it leaves a lot of like the like the the nitty gritty details are out, but like you're just like like there's no longer going to be any suspense that he's actually turning into a werewolf. Like you're kind of just you know letting (laughs) everybody know what's really going on here. Like I would (laughs) I would have been really on the edge of my seat just thinking like oh god did he? I mean I you could have fooled me. Werewolf bites being invisible that makes sense. I would have loved if Boy Meets World had up to this point existed in a universe where Corey turning into a werewolf could have feasibly happened. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Like, season one, they had that ghost. So... Are you, are you telling me that Girl Meets World never went into the territory of, like, actual supernatural stuff? No, because they... if not, what was the purpose? <laughs> Why bring this show back? They never crossed over into, like, the nether realm or anything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the upside down. Yeah. Oh, see, that's what I want. I want some Corey and Topanga eating some waffles. Yes. Topanga as 11. That's definitely some fan art that exists out there. I somewhere. mean, you can imagine uh, Topanga just... Just like doing like the menacing death oh, stare yeah. as like the little tiny blood trickle coming down from her nose yeah. as she's telepathically destroying everybody. I would say Millie Bobby Brown is the modern day Danielle Fischel for sure. Oh, for sure. That's pretty easy. That's that's, <laughs> uh, a, that's a really easy slam dunk right there. So as we alluded to earlier, this episode, season two opener is just like a 10 second, if that cartoon of like a cool Corey Matthews in sunglasses, like leaning back. And then he like puts his leg up to stop the world that is rolling at him from like crushing him. He That's is it. the coolest kid that has ever existed in this cartoon. In like, that cartoon. 
in that cartoon. Like the cartoon Corey Matthews of the season two opening is like the cool, like forget the coolest kid, just like maybe the coolest character yeah. that's ever existed. He's like, yeah, I can stop this whole world with my foot. What of it? Like, like, wow, that's impressive, man. Like that's a lot of strength in just like one like very casual foot press. Uh, yeah. But the real Corey Matthews is he's a great guy, but you know, I don't I don't think that he's got the capability of just Definitely like not shouldering the full weight of the planet earth he's not a galactus by any sean on the other hand perhaps uh, sh- definitely uh, so nothing like, right strong can't do if you had any doubts that this was going to be a halloween episode first of all it's october 28th when you're watching this so like odds are halloween episode the episode opens up with like a shot of the moon spooky night and like thunder crashing and like voice over from Corey saying like october the 31st all hallows eve i Corey Matthews, leave this journal so that those who knew me can understand my terrible fate. For tonight, at precisely 9 o'clock, 8 central, when the moon shines full, I will become the most terrifying of all creatures, the werewolf. Yeah, that's a great fourth wall breaking joke. Yeah. He's totally Edgar Allan Poeing at the top of it. So, like, setting the stage right away. That mood is set. Ben Savage is spectacular. Ben Savage yeah. is just like an absolute treasure. And I wish that we had like um, like demolition manned him at this point in time. Not that like the <laughs> Ben Savage of today isn't great either. But like that era of Ben Savage, if we could have just like frozen him and brought him into our reality now would have been such a special treat because that kid <laughs> could that kid was like he was such a showboat. Oh, yeah. The way- the way that he's just showboating through this whole thing where, yeah, he's just like journaling and narrating it out loud and the conviction with which he believes that he is a werewolf. <laughs> it's so righteous. It's so good. It's really, really funny. Yeah, it's a uh, kid actors. Also, that's a hard bag. Like, it's a hard thing to lead a show, period. And then to also be like, well, the, our lead of the show is 13. Like, <laughs> right. That And that's also another difference between this and all the other um, TJF shows is this is the one where the kids are front and center and all the adults are supporting characters yeah because um, all the and, other ones and you like you really grew up with these people too yeah. like if you really stuck with it like this is like the the boyhood of uh of tgif shows boy this is people. this is like the show that kind of gives parents nothing if you look at like <laughs> yeah and like family matters full house and step by step all of the parent characters were fully fleshed out would get whole plot lines independent of the kids regularly um, Boy Meets World, I do not, I'm having a hard time even thinking of his parents' names. Yeah, I just had to, I, I mean, I remember, uh, Betsy Randall. I yeah. just remember that being the name William of the Russ. actress and William Russ, but I couldn't tell you what the names of the parents actually are. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm blanking. I'm trying not to cheat. Yeah. Because the show is so, I think that's what really makes it feel different from all the other TJF shows is that it is squarely focused on the kids and doesn't make any bones about that. Yeah, like it's the kind of thing I guess or like if you had like if you were a parent and you had two boys like maybe you could and they were like, you know, a decent spread in age. Like maybe like the older brother has like the Eric Matthews story yeah. to tag on to maybe kind of. But it's really it is really kind of singularly focused on like, yeah, you know, Cause the boys I know, journey. Like, my parents also watched you know Home Improvement, Family Matters. We watched all those shows together. But Boy Meets World was one that I think they I think they either tuned out like that was the half hour they would go in the kitchen or something. 
And they would make sure to be back by the time Step by Step started or something. (laughs) (laughs) They loved Cousin Cody. Oh, Cody. But also, you know, Patrick Duffy and Suzanne Somers, you know, TV icons of the 70s, coming back 20 years later to play parents. So... Big deal. No disrespect to uh to William Russ and Betsy Randall. No, I mean, hey, uh, t- no shade. No shade. I'll, I mean, I'll go out there and say like William Russ might be the hottest dad of all he's, those '90s family sitcoms. He's kind of got like that Swayze thing going. He's on, got like a know? cool smoldering. He's. It's weird that a dad character has like this smoldering, detached vibe, but yes. still comes across as caring. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. Like, I I really do think it's like a Swayze thing. Like, you could yeah. imagine him just, like, throwing pottery to Unchained Melody <laughs> and, like, just being like, oh, my God, I am in love right now. Yeah, he's a, he's a foxy man. Um, he, is, he really is. Not as foxy as Mr. Feeney. That's... <laughs> I mean, come on. This uh, is not, it's not a fair competition. The running, the running theme of this podcast is me and all of my very peculiar crushes... William and, Daniels is on the list. Oh, yeah. I had, and this is again, like, even as a kid, I thought, I was like, <laughs> Mr. Feeney's Feeney. a handsome man. Yes. I don't understand what was wrong, what no. happened with my brain. Nothing uh, was wrong. Nothing was all wrong. all right. He's, it was all right. But Mr. Feeney's great. Everyone loves Mr. Feeney. Mr. Feeney's the best. But yeah. that's the other thing, too. It's like, so is he, when when we're already up to season two, is he already the principal? Like, he's he's not he's, even a classroom oh. teacher anymore? Well, I don't know. We don't see him in the classroom at all in this episode. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, there's, there are 100% Boy Meets World diehards so angry <laughs> that I we know. do not know all the details of this. But again... I haven't seen a lot of these episodes in a very long time. My I'd... memory of it, which, as we've established, is like I have become unstuck in time when it comes to yeah. Boy Meets World. <laughs> is that he's he's the classroom teacher yeah. during elementary school, and then he's the principal throughout all of the high school years. That makes sense. And then I think he lectures at the college that they all end up going to. If yeah. I'm, I'm remembering, he is the that. definition. He is that character because we always make the, there's when you have a high school set show. Once they graduate, you're like, okay, how are they going to get the adults into the next season? Basically, like, Mr. Feeney is the character that, like, Giles on Buffy was a response to. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, season four, after they've, like, blown up the high school, he's not librarian anymore. He's literally just, like, a bum in his apartment that they have to keep going to. And he's like, I don't have a direction. <laughs> they really not, le- lean into not, it. Not for nothing. Like, if Corey actually was turning into a werewolf, like, if that was actually what was happening in this episode, I trust Mr. Feeney to have been the one to go into the house and be like, I'll shoot you, Corey. Right, yeah. I'll I'll throw this silver picture (laughs) frame so hard at your chest. I will do this for you. (laughs) Because he really loves him. Um, Corey's even using a feather from his mother's, like, feather duster to write, which I thought that was, like, a super great little touch. Yeah, like a very like a '90s gothic touch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then Sean, his best friend, comes in pl- uh, in his Halloween costume, which obviously, duh, is he's going as Corey for Halloween. Yeah, I mean, this is I'm sure nothing that you would have ever deigned to do, Brett, as somebody who takes Halloween very, very seriously. But I have to admit, I've done this before. <laughs> it never plays well when you're like go. Like I think that I went as my brother oh. uh, one year. Like uh, I think it like maybe like my sophomore year of high school or something like that. It's like yeah, I'm Ben Wiggler, and everyone's <laughs> like like try whatever just try just try and i think like i literally just wore like one of his massimo t-shirts or <laughs> or something awful like that and like everyone's like this is the worst like you know i uh 
I on. did do this in high school. Really? Uh, you, what, you did what, like a friend posing. We, you were an, me and yeah. uh, f- so me and three of my best friends, we all traded. So me, I traded. My friend Emily was me, and I was Emily. Okay. So I just like wore one of her. Basically, she just wore like a lot of like very like nondescript maroon sweaters. <laughs> and did anyone get it? Well, when we stood next to each other, because she was wearing, like, my Oasis t-shirt, a denim jacket, like, a, a purple knit hat, like, so uh, when we this stood like next a, to each other, it was like, Brett White. okay, cool, so I get it, you're, okay, that makes sense, um, so yeah, that, so I did do this at one point, but, like, it, they, it, it took me a hat, like, a hot minute to, to realize what Sean was doing, though, here, like, it took oh, me really? longer to piece together the than wig it sells really it. should have. It doesn't. It didn't for me. I I didn't know what was happening. I mean, I noticed the wig. I was like, <laughs> "What are you? What are you trying to do here, buddy?" And then I started noticing that he was wearing and how he knew to wear exactly what Corey was wearing in that moment. Yeah. that's a question for another time, Brett. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, it took me. I was way too slow on the uptake on this. Yeah, uh, and we don't really stick on that because this whole episode is told through flashbacks. So we flash back immediately to like the day, the night before. Where Corey is taking out the trash, and he overhears from Mr. Feeney that, yeah, a wolf escaped from the Philly Zoo. So, we know there's a wolf on the loose. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's just genuinely fantastic. Yeah. It's a great premise for an episode going on here. I also, I like the idea, in general, like, what would it be like to be neighbors with your teacher slash principal? Like. Not great. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, like, it works out much better for Corey on the show than I have to yeah. imagine it would in reality. Yeah. I mean, that's a level of, like, weird closeness that you don't really want. I um, am next door neighbors with my aforementioned best friend, Ben's mother. And I what? literally, sh- we, we share a wall in, in our apartment complex. Uh, and it's great and it's wonderful and I love her to death. But, like, it has those moments where it's like, I've been feenied. Like I've yeah. been like like we <laughs> like you've just you followed me. <laughs> the worlds are crossing. We yes. don't need this. Technically, we followed her, but like it's still just like it. It definitely has feeny moments for sure. Yeah. Uh. So like he over here is like rustling in the bushes, and then he gets bitten, and it's shot from like the point of view of this unseen critter. So like that's it was kind of it was kind of intense, right? I mean, for a Friday so, night for families. Are we to believe? I don't want to, you know, spoil, spoil what yeah, the werewolf actually is. No, we could hold it. We could hold on to one thing. We can do. We could do <laughs> a little bit better. We not talk about. Until we could do a little bit better than Hulu. Uh, but like, are we supposed to believe that like Corey was actually bitten, or like how did he confuse this as a bite? Like, what are the yeah. mechanics that had to have happened for him to think that he had gotten bitten by a werewolf? Is right what I'd because like. then is it like the next morning or whatever he tries to show? Uh, is he try? He tries to show Eric, right? Or yeah, Sean, I think he's, and I he's, think he's showing Sean. Yeah, and he's like, "I got this." Uh, Sean, what else could it have been? Look at the bite. I don't see anything. Of course you don't. Everybody knows werewolf bites heal overnight. <laughs> oh, wow, then you're covered with them. Yeah, yeah, very Pretty funny, good. Sean, yeah. to very make funny. fun of this poor kid's trauma. He's your best friend, right? So I'm actually like, on, this is my second time watching this in like a week because I've also been independently watching all these TGF Halloween episodes. Um, wow, you're dedicated, man. Right. Uh, so I I was wondering like what led him to <laughs> like does does Corey know what puberty is? Like these are two things. Like anyone <laughs> who has even a halfway decent sex education going on 
should know what puberty is and know that he's gonna go- be going through it. Um, and also, like, his family is talking to him about puberty, but was like, what makes him immediately jump to, it's definitely not puberty, the thing that everyone's telling me I'm going through, it's definitely werewolf bite. This is what happens when you yada yada through middle school. Right. Because, like, this is where, like, you would hear about this in health class. You would like to think that he, uh, that he took maturation. Oh, I wonder, what if Corey, as a character, also time jumped? <laughs> through all those <laughs> yeah. two years and so he didn't get any of those puberty lessons <laughs> yeah i mean we we obviously are underestimating the fact we're sleeping on the fact that there is really like a hard sci-fi aspect to yeah. boy meets world there's a real re- a real sliders thing going on here we uh, gotta go and like figure out like we have to reclaim the two years that were lost like well, that I'm is a thinking, future storyline you know idw or boom studios needs to get the boy meets world <laughs> rights and do like the lost middle school years <laughs> give us more minkus you can get two more years of minkus oh my god uh, i have i have a friend who went to to college with minkus whoa uh, yeah and apparently lee norris is what he yeah, yeah, is yeah is his true name and does not necessarily care for uh, being reminded of the minkus of it all. I can see that. I understand. Great character though. Great um, character. Terrific. But character. like pretty much from the get go, like Corey goes hard at this werewolf theory after uh, Eric basically introduces it to him. Cause Corey comes out of the bathroom in the morning and is like, I'm covered in hair. Cause he's got like some on his chin and some on his chest that, you know, we can't see obviously. Yes, no one probably can. Cause it's, like teenager it's like preteen uh chest hair this is um, the thing though is like a, another like tip the cap to ben savage who is a really young actor at this point in time is carrying the lead role on a show here and is like so compellingly rocking through this very special episode about oh, yeah. puberty like did like Ben Savage, you have to imagine was like clued into what was going on here. So like the bravery on display. Oh for right, this kid is just incredible. acting the thing you're going through. When he says <laughs> yeah. like, I'm I've got hair on my chin, on my chest, and other places I don't see where having hair on is really gonna help me. Yeah, like imagine like in like reality, like dealing with puberty, like your memories of going through puberty. I'm going through yeah. mine right now. Like my memories of it. It's like I would not have wanted to talk about that with anybody. No, let alone like talk about it through the avatar of this character on like a highly watched TGIF show. I wonder if part of the negotiation was I will do a puberty episode if it's also a werewolf episode. (laughs) (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. Cool. I get to be a werewolf also. Awesome. Great. And we get pizza at craft services for the whole week. (laughs) So on his way out, like, so at this point, like Corey has gone all in on this because Eric has basically flat out told him you're turning into a werewolf. When Corey's leaving, he does he ask his mom for her epilady? I did not. He says epilady, which again is a thing that I'm like, I don't know. Do 13 year olds know what that is? If it's written into the script, uh, then yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like maybe he's like wandered into his parents' bathroom before to like you know steal their toothpaste or to like. Put some shaving cream on his face like Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. And perhaps he he just like knows what the thing is. Like maybe that's just her brand. Maybe he's just uh, he has some sort of specific memory of that. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> uh, he delivers that line with great conviction. Um, but that's we get savage. the we get the the adults. I mean, like the B plot of this episode is there's a 
Coke can hoax kind of thing going on that all the adults are buying into. Yeah, what's going on with the Coke can hoax? Yeah. I wasn't fully following. Yeah, this. It, I was too engrossed with the werewolf. <laughs> Apparently, there is there was a like uh, there was a uh, an employee. Man, I don't even really remember it. It's like an employee <laughs> at a Coke factory also robbed a whole bunch of diamond diamond rings and hid them in five Coke cans. And so every adult is buying all these Coke cans and shaking them to see if they got the one with uh, a diamond ring in it. Wow, that's like a Wonka-esque plot. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't think that like you're getting to go to like a diamond factory at the end of it I'm, or even the Coca-Cola factory. Diamond but. ring coke can i'm gonna google this and see if this is actually a thing that how to clean a ring with coke how do i clean my engagement oh, is that ring? a is that a thing but that's okay so that was not a uh not a not a true life hoax no. i can't i honestly like does this even like satisfyingly resolve in this episode no. really no it, i mean the the very last thing is mr feeney like doing it like I figured he would be the voice of reason of like ah oh, this is so silly but it's like no he's still all on board of like no nope, darn is this Didn't. like the season arc? Are we like? Are, God, wouldn't are that we, be great? <laughs> are we forgetting like the most important narrative engine of season two? Maybe the diamond ring, the coke cans. If not, we got to add it to the list of what's going to be in the uh, the Boom Studios yeah. and or IDW <laughs> comic book. There's a whole subplot leading up to this of the uh, the epic diamond ring heist, and then yes. the breaking into the Coca Cola can factory and doing all it, that. It's seventh and eighth grade era Corey Matthews who is trying to like steal the possessions of everybody in his Philadelphia suburbs so yeah. that they notice him and so that they remember. <laughs> uh, so the next beat of this whole thing of the whole werewolf plot, which is what we're really here for. Forget of this course. diamond ring coke nonsense. Yeah, get out of here with that, Corey. He says like I didn't think much more about it until I got hunt until lunchtime. Where he visits Frank's House of Yogurt and some occult. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, he he needs to get some expertise. Like he needs to li really like identify and diagnose what his suspicions yeah. already are. He really just needs to verify what's happening in his life. Now I had to rewind this because the big, I think, the most unbelievable thing in this entire episode is that freshmen in high school get to leave campus for lunch. <laughs> yeah, it was is that allowable right? at this school? Uh that seems crazy to me. Uh for for us, I don't know about your school situation, Brett, but like that no. was forbidden until like senior year. We didn't I even think. get to do it senior year. Yeah, we, we got, got nothing senior, senior year. year. Yeah, senior year was great. Uh we were allowed to we were allowed to do that for sure. But we didn't do we didn't get a we didn't get to year? leave early. We didn't get any of that. Wow. We wow, got I'm senior sorry. skip day at the end of the year. Um, which is when I went to go see Attack of the Clones three times. <laughs> wow. Back to back. Oh my god. Ugh. Back to back. And how did that progress? Well, you know, when, when did you realize what you had done? I had wanted to see Attack of the Clones. I'd seen X-Men 1 three times in one day. Okay. Not planned. I saw it at midnight, and then I saw it at my parents' you know, opening night. Uh, and as I was leaving, two of my friends were going in to see the next showing, so I turned around and bought tickets and went right in. So I, I accidentally saw I mean, it three times in a day. An X-Men movie. You, you got to see it as many great. times as you can. And also the first one, you know, 2000, that was a great revelatory summer that was. So with Attack of the Clones, I was like, oh, I want to beat my record and see it four times in a day. So I bought, I pre-bought four back-to-back -back showings of Attack of the Clones. And I only got through three. So that shows you yeah. how that, like that, 
after the third one, I was like, I can't do this again. And I liked it at the time, but I was like, I can't like the last like 40 minutes are super fun. But the first, you know, two hours or whatever are horrible. By the end of your third watch of Attack of the Clones, who hated Sand more, you or Anakin? Oh, uh, I hated how much he hated it. (laughs) 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 So Ben is at the lovely named Frank's House of Yogurt and some occult where he goes back uh, to meet with Madame... uh, Oh, oh boy. Ozdenskaya. Ozdenskaya. That is very courageous of you to even attempt that. I put on close caption. (laughs) And I tried to figure it out, um, which was played by Phyllis Diller. Yes. uh, Who I honestly, and I, you know, I, not that I'm like a card carrying comedian, you know, fan. I'm I'm, not, it's a a blind spot for me really tragically, uh, but seems like a very famous comedian who I just don't really know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Phyllis Diller is one of the like great. uh, Yeah. I'm, I'm it's such a blind spot for me. But I mean, yeah, I mean like when she was on this in the nineties is when she was already like a living legend that people were like, Oh, okay, cool. Phyllis Diller's on this. So like no reason. Cause she was already way too old for us at that time. Yeah. So, so what is she doing here on boy meets world? Like did any, like did this, and as you have already, you know, described, like this isn't really a show that's hooking in, you know, the parents aren't really sitting down to watch boy meets world with you. There's really no one they can relate to. Was this like, all right, this'll get them. We'll put Phyllis Diller in one episode and the parents are going to want to watch boy meets world. I think that actually might've been cause like thinking about like Mickey Rooney was in an episode of full house. Uh, John Aston was in a couple episodes of Step by Step, which I just watched one of them uh, the other night. Yeah. And it was crazy. So a lot of these TJF shows would grab all these, you know, older classic actors and put them in these roles. And Phyllis Diller has fun in this. She's it's a funny it's a funny character. She's a psychic. She's got the coke as well. Yeah. She's getting she's getting in on all of this. She's Maybe she's it. the thief. She might be the thief. Oh, I would love that. Phyllis Diller Diamond Thief. Yeah, well, she can be in our comic. I, yeah. It's really starting to come together, by the way. I think Love we, we, we've got we <laughs> to put pitch. a pitch together. Yeah, yeah. good pitch. Uh, and also, she might actually be kind of psychic, because at the end of it, she both, like, she points out, like, You're 30 minutes late to your English class. <laughs> and your underpants are riding up your tuchus. It was that cracked me up that <laughs> killed me i laughed so hard about that when when uh when ben savage after that it goes how did you know or like, you're so good and just like the idea of just like this highly troubled like deeply terrified maybe possibly werewolf Corey matthews like running around all over philadelphia trying to solve this mystery with a wedgie just yeah. kills me like that just slays me i thought that was so funny well also like knowing let's I want to just bring this up real quick. Look how big Corey's clothes are. (laughs) He is swimming. He is swimming in flannel. Swimming in flannel. I'm only imagining like he is probably wearing like the biggest boxer shorts. Like the biggest (laughs) like cotton plaid boxer shorts. With just like a Cheerios pattern yeah. on every pair, just or whatever cereal, like maybe different cereals. Yeah, like that. That he's wearing like this huge, like a huge, like his dad's like, button-down like <laughs> denim shirt. Yeah. 
<laughs> hey, William Russ. Can yeah, I just can I have borrow we your a, wardrobe? We share yeah. a closet. A huge Henley underneath that, and then huge. Like it's so big. Yeah, yeah, so he's big. He's styling though, you know. Like that was like that was that great. Was a look. Like great, great '90s look. I mean, I shouldn't be throwing stones here because like I probably was watching. Yeah. Like, Man, that looks great. That so looks did really you cool. rock because Corey, when I think of Boy Meets World, oddly enough, I always think of Corey's style, which is always like T-shirt or undershirt and then a button down shirt over it unbuttoned. Right. Yeah. I, w- I, I went through uh, an unbuttoned flannel shirt or plaid shirt or dress shirt phase. Yeah. Uh, definitely, definitely did. And I wonder if it was Boy Meets World influenced. And what uh, was your freshman year of high school look? What was um, your go to look that year? It was really, really odd. Uh, so. I, I so eighth grade is when I made my group of like close friends in high school and like the people who like I'm still very very close. Your with boy meets today. world cast. Exactly. That's when that's when that happened for me. And we would make like war movies and stuff. We would make all these like really yes. terrible homemade movies. And we made this one. Um, we made two actually two movies in a series uh, of action movies where believe it or not, Brett. I was the action hero. I was I the guy. It. it was me. You were it John McClane once. I was John McClane <laughs> once upon a time, and that followed me here. And like we made the best worst war movies ever that we took so so seriously. And my character's like unique fashion trait, so you knew that I was going to be like the main one because we all wore camouflage, obviously. But I was the only one who had a sleeveless north-faced vest on top as like a a bulletproof vest and so i wore that (laughs) over my camo shirt and i thought it was the coolest idea i loved it in playing the character and it followed me off the set brett i wore that (laughs) sleeveless north face vest over literally every single shirt <laughs> that i wore for an entire oh, wow that's nice entire year and wow i'm just like i'm 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 like i'm like i can't even like look at the computer screen right now without just feeling tremendous amounts of shame <laughs> at that memory well, let's um, see if this makes you f- like. if my uh freshman year uniform makes you feel any better uh cuz that was a button-down short-sleeve Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> yes! Unbuttoned. Yes! Unbuttoned with a G.I. Joe t-shirt underneath it. Yes. Usually from Gadzooks, most likely. Both of them probably from Gadzooks. And then dark jeans cuffed uh, and Adidas Sambas. That's <laughs> spectacular. Which That's is like... Great. Yeah, I mean, no, that, that the bottom half is actually pretty similar to what I still have to wear because I have short, stumpy legs and I still have to roll up my jeans even though I don't like to. You and me both, bro. Yeah, it's the worst. I need a fucking twenty-eight inseam over here. They don't make that. No, you gotta, you gotta find that stuff. Uh, it's not easy. Um, so Madame Ospinskaya gives Corey like the three signs that he's gonna turn into a werewolf, which is that he will get an appetite for something he's never craved before. A pentagram will appear in the palm of his hand, and then a girl who cares for him, he will murder. Yeah, is that how she phrases it, or does she say kill? Yeah, he's yeah, kill. Yeah, he's. Like, I think it's well, like kill. Because I think that's important. I think it's. An, I think it's an important detail. Uh, because I think that like she gets all of these things like 
close to right, but just like slightly off in the phrasing, maybe? Because it's not going to be a pentagram. It's the Pentagon. It's the Pentagon keychain and Mr. Turner's key ring. And he's not killing anybody, but he is going to kiss. So yeah. it's like well, just like a misspelling. Yeah. And his, his appetite is for it because he makes it back to class and he's writing a note to Sean to explain like where he was and he gets caught. So he immediately like shoves the note in his mouth and it's like, oh, you'll get an appetite for things. It's like, well, he didn't have an appetite for paper. He just had to dispose of a note real quick. He just had to destroy the evidence. Yeah. Like that was just like a survival tactic at that point. And so this is our one Mr. Turner scene, which like, again, like my, my husband was watching this episode with me uh, the first time I watched it. And he was just like, yeah, oh, Mr. Turner. I love like, Mr. Turner. I, that's I'm a, t- I think that is yeah. a gay middle schooler's like wake up call right there is Mr. Turner. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Turner was the man. Like I, I loved Mr. Turner. Yeah. Like what is like that teacher? Like nowadays, like that character is kind of crazy because he's like so aggressively cool. He's got like a mullet and super tight jeans that he wears with like a cool tie. <laughs> You know, the one the one little bit of Girl Meets World that I did get to catch was like I heard that Mr. Turner was coming back. Well, is he bald now or something? Or is he still no, got, no, he, he looks pretty good. Still got uh, that hair? No, he doesn't. Like he has shorter hair now, but That's it's like salt better. and pepper. Like he looks really good. He looks really good. And I just remembered like hearing that he was going to be like making at least a I, maybe he's made a few more appearances since then. But I mm-hmm. remember that he was he was going to make at least his first appearance. And I was like, uh, like many people who was watching Boy Meets World, probably devastated when he just like suddenly wasn't really on the show anymore. Yeah, I think like kind of without explanation or this at least not did a, that. Yeah, but like you can't do that to Mr. Turner. Like that's that's like aggressively yeah. harmful. Wasn't to he Sean's like... foster dad for a little yeah, while? Yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> like... He was. He was. And I think that I don't know if that was before Sean's dad died or afterwards. But if it was like after, wow, that's really shitty to just like leave. Sean can't keep just a to... dad. Ugh. Yeah, that's bad. That's really bad. But Mr. Turner did show up at least once on Girl Meets World, and it, there's like the as the credits are rolling, everyone is like gathered around the dinner table like Corey and Topanga have Mr. Turner over for dinner and it was just like a really sweet tender moment while the credits were rolling and it was like it was the make good for like traumatizing kids who were growing up with Boy Meets (laughs) World they're like what you can't you can't leave I thought you loved me (laughs) nothing in life is permanent (laughs) (laughs) a really harsh lesson at a really young age so at the end of that scene, after with like the Pentagon and eating the paper, Topanga says like you know that she cares about him, and that's like the final sign. Because Corey's like, "Oh no, a girl cares about me. I'm gonna murder her." And that's when we finally catch up with where we were at the beginning of the episode, where he's like, "It's nine o'clock. Full moon's coming, which is like the final thing. It's gonna be on a full moon," and he's terrified. He's afraid. He's really afraid because he, you know, I think that he's scared of what he's becoming. But even more than that, I think he is terrified at not how the act of becoming a werewolf will transform him, but how the act of becoming a murderer will change him forever. He doesn't want a light on his hands. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and he's like also he's totally prepared for this because he tells his dad, like, I'm turning into man's best friend. Just like put some papers down. I'll figure yeah. it out or whatever. Yeah. It's like, wow, and, you're really. Ugh. And William Russ is like, do I really have to be the 20th person to tell you you're going through puberty yeah. right now? Which he even says, like, remember when you were little and you would shave, like, you know, the blade out of the razor, you would get whipped cream on your face. Yes. And 
Ugh. There's like such a, also a heart to heart between father and son here, which like, hey, didn't happen, didn't happen for me. So yeah, hey, I I get that. I had a, a a dad who could not do the emotional stuff. So once again, you know, you're seeing Mr. Matthews here, and it's like more like that, uh, please. That yeah. would be great. That I would be good. I learned to shave by my parents jointly gave me an electric razor. <laughs> They're like, do it, do and it. That kid. was it. That was like, okay, do it. And yeah. uh, a, my now husband had to like really. I finally like bought a razor razor. I bought a, a Harry's sponsor. Of, no, not a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> Harry's, if you want it. Uh, yeah, but like five or six years ago was when I finally started shaving with a real razor. And my husband had to teach me because I was not taught. Yeah, I had to learn from my friends at summer camp at sleepaway oh, camp who were like aggressively pubescent way before I was. And so they're like, come on, buddy. We've been through, we were, we went through this two years ago. Like I was the werewolf. Oh no. They're like, here, figure it out. 13 year old Wiggler. It's like, oh man, you guys were like through this when you were 10. That's Uh, that's intense. Yeah. Again, like don't want to relive this right now. It was all very, it was all very traumatic. I did. I had sideburns in high school. Like I think sophomore year is when I finally, like I started the look that I kind of still have in some ways. Uh, yeah, I'm still, I'm still waiting for my beard. Like I still can't do more than the neared. And like, Uh. I just, I feel like I have to do the neared because if I don't have it, I look even worse. So I'm just (laughs) like, there's no, there's no safe port in the storm here for me. Like I'm still waiting for that. Uh, maybe, maybe someday somewhere out there, right? Hopefully, you know, when I hit my forties, maybe I'll get one, but I'm not counting on it. (laughs) Uh, so Corey finally like signs his, He's like he's basically, he's basically documenting his process right now for future, I guess, historians and scientists to study yeah. the case of a werewolf. He's writing while he still can, Brett. Like, yeah, he's, you know, he, he doesn't paused. know. Yeah, he, he might not have the opposable thumbs for much I longer. I also feel like he doesn't understand that like werewolves are only werewolves for what three days a month. Yeah, oh, it's like the day. It's like the day before and after of a full moon, and also the night of a full moon. Yeah, you would think that he would be freaking out about this a little bit less, considering how deeply entrenched in werewolf lore Corey seems to be. Yeah. <laughs> he, know, he knows about the invisible bites and everything, so yeah, yeah he's probably calmed down. It's not a permanent change. It's a couple no. nights a month change. Yeah. Buffy taught me this stuff. Um, yeah. Corey signs it, Corey A.O. Matthews, and the <laughs> A.O. stands for... Uh, oh! It's like... I mean, that's a joke. I mean, I guess that's that passes for a joke. <laughs> I mean, Corey A.O. Matthews, like, is that like, that's not quite H.P. Lovecraft, but no. it's close. No. It's close. Uh, Topanga shows up. She's dressed as a damsel, but she points out not one that's in distress, one that can, like, take care of her own life. Thank you very much. Yes, yes. You know, you know, just carve out your own destiny, Topanga. That's what you do best. It's the best. Well, I remember I mean Topanga was like a feminist hero yes. of my of like elementary and middle school for me. Yeah, no, she was a great character from the jump. Yeah. Uh Topanga was always just a terrific, terrific character and a great and like she would get like mocked in that first season. Yeah, that's what uh, I really remember because I watched yeah. like the those seasons really religiously. So that's why Minkus is a permanent part of the show and they all hate Topanga are the two things. Yes. And those are not true. <laughs> No, it's just for a 22-episode season, yeah. and, and everything else, it's like either Minkus never existed, and Topanka is awesome. Yeah, uh, so part again, of the gang. 
Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know why we feel that way. I think again, you know, we, we must've just been stuck in the moment, but Topanga, she's terrific here. It's really funny stuff. They kiss. And I actually, I'm not steeped in the Lord and know, is this their first kiss? I think that it has to be among the first kisses. Well, if he didn't know that she cared for him, then right. This yeah, has I, to be a big moment for them. I mean, it would have been like it's. It'd be kind of crazy if uh, if this wasn't their first kiss. According to Pango, you, you know, here you know what I am. I am now on. The oh wait, no. Boy Wolf, boymeetsworld.wikia.com, a very valuable resource. Episode uh, four, season one is their yeah. first kiss. I'm yeah. looking at a YouTube clip. The trivia, the trivia section of this wiki page says this was Corey and Topanga's first kiss since Corey's alternative friends. Yeah, and that's episode four of yeah. season one. So Corey and Topanga kissed in sixth grade. But I wonder, was it like a, like a truth or dare kiss or a spin the bottle kiss? This at least seems to me like their first like BFGF. Yeah, kiss. yeah, that things are getting serious because yeah. he doesn't turn into a wolf, and then like Tamanga's like, well, yes, you are. Like, it's very like, oh wait, she just like call you, oh, yeah, you are a wolf, you wolfy man. <laughs> I don't know what the implication is there. According, I'm sorry, I'm still down this uh, <laughs> down this rabbit. <laughs> This rabbit hole or werewolf hole, if you want to confuse your rabbits and werewolves. And oh. at the, towards the end of Corey's Alternative Friends, I guess the episode focuses on Corey and Topanga at some point get handcuffed to lockers and they kiss. Uh, okay. They kiss. And Corey is, uh, quote unquote, shocked and embarrassed about it. So that mm. sounds that sounds accurate to the sixth grade experience. Uh, yeah, to get to that ending, um, we find out that the thing that bit, the, the wolf actually never escaped. It was just feeding on the cockatoos, which <laughs> Mr. Feeney delivers that line impeccably. Didn't you hear? He was in the zoo the whole time. They found him in the aviary, dining on a cockatoo. What a great answer. Uh, just like a, fa- a fantastic resolution to a really, you know, like this, like we can't even write the werewolf stuff into our comic because it's solved so well. Right, yeah. And so it was really a rabbit. That bit it was him. just a rabbit. It was just a rabbit. But yeah. did it bite him? Did it actually bite him? I I feel like it probably brushed against him and he freaked out. I That's can't probably. imagine it did anything. <laughs> the the best part though is like the rabbit growls and Corey is like, okay, that is a little bit terrifying. <laughs> and I have not had the displeasure of hearing a rabbit growl, let alone make noise. Brett, I don't know if you have, but my wife, no. who is like a, a super you know she was she raised chickens when she oh. was a kid like she was really into into animals and i think that she had like a neighbor or something where she used to feed their rabbit and like she has told me that like the screams of a rabbit are among the most harrowing it's noises terrifying. you could possibly hear it's like, i mean when you, when you think about that like when you you know you do like the whole old mcdonald of it all like you don't yeah. really have like a recognizable rabbit noise other other than apparently just ah yeah, so I guess yeah, maybe rabbits are actually terrifying. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're secretly trying to take over the world. Maybe we should be more afraid of the rabbits than we are. Yeah, where rabbits? Uh, so yeah, let's uh move on to my trivia portion of this episode with some facts and stats. Let's do it. Uh, so yeah, for ratings of this episode, eighteen million people watched this episode when it aired. Wow, wow, TV was uh, was different. Yep, 18 million people. Um, the lineup of TGIF when this aired was Family Matters and Boy Meets World, 
and then step by step and hang on with Mr. Cooper. Oh, man, I enjoyed hanging out with Mr. Cooper while yeah. it was on. Uh, and you can now watch that entire lineup. So there's like an entire couple seasons of TGIF that you can recreate on Hulu right now because they have all four of those shows. And probably it was like every Friday you should um, go back and watch the four that aired <laughs> like That's on like- that. That Week. sounds like just the television equivalent of chicken soup for the for yeah. I guess the adult teenage soul. I feel like that should like I could see that being a cool like millennial trend of like oh yeah on Friday nights we order pizza at my place and watch old Saved by the or all uh, old TGIF <laughs> on yeah. Hulu. Oh man, and maybe these Gen Zers are gonna get into it too. Yeah. We can only hope. Yeah. Uh, Boy Meets World was also the least watched of the lineup, but only barely. Um, it was watched by 18 million. Family Matters was 18.1 million, I think. Uh, surprisingly, Step by Step was 19.9 million. It was the most watched TGIF show. And then that Hang must Miss- be that must be the Patrick Duffy and Suzanne yeah. Summers of it all. Some like, stars. I mean, because I I wouldn't have even really thought about that unless like a ton of sidekick fans or uh, whatever it was called. What I was mean, it? The Kickboxer. Sorry. Yeah. Like a lot getting, of like fans of the Kickboxer were getting it. We're getting into some it. like Cody Mania at that point. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. like after having watched some step by step recently, when you're going for '90s side character goofballs, Cody is. You can do better. <laughs> You can definitely do. Kimmy Gibbler is the best. Urkel oh, yeah. is amazing. Yeah, I don't You're, think I don't. For me, cousin Jazz, Cody, he's like only in that conversation because like he exists. But oh. like you put that list together, and cousin Cody can be at the bottom for yeah. all I care. He's just a he's a uh, more studly Polly Shore, and honestly. You don't want a studly Polly Shore. If you have no. that personality, you want it to look like the weasel. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you really do. <laughs> like, you don't want that like Weasley personality coming out of a stud like Sasha Mitchell. Also, I think he also might be a domestic abuser, but whatever. I that was do the, believe that was that's the correct. That's why he was written out of the show for the past couple of years. Anyway, it's moving on to for the week. <laughs> awkward. Um, step. This episode of Boy Meets World was ranked number thirtieth for the week. It was thirtieth. So 29 shows were had more than 18 million viewers. Wow. Uh, the top five shows that week were Roseanne at five, Seinfeld at four, number three was 60 Minutes, two, Grace Under Fire, and number one was Home Improvement. Home Improvement was watched by 37 million That's crazy. People. That's crazy. Like, That's I, insane to me. My jaw but... dropped when I saw that number. 37? 37 million people. <laughs> I mean, I loved Al Borland, but 37 million people were, I don't know. I guess like everyone just like, you know, it actually was kind of clever uh, that probably a ton of people were just like watching to see like, well, I don't want to miss the episode where like they finally reveal Wilson's face. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's what everyone was uh, definitely watching for. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's nuts. TV was a different very different animal Um, very different animal you'd be lucky to get 37 viewers on some of these shows on anything uh so on imdb 130 users gave this particular episode a 7.3 out of 10 do you think that's too high too low right of the money what would you give it I feel like that's a little low. Okay. Uh, I mean, like, what what is like the what's the spectrum of scores for for Boy Meets World on the high and the low? Do you have that I handy? No, I I should have looked. I need this information. I should have. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like if you're if you, if you were gonna tell me that like the top 
rated Boy Meets World is like somewhere in the low nines, and this is seven point two. Like that feels unfair to me. Like yeah. I, this was this was a funny episode of Boy Meets World with Ben Savage having to deal with really awkward subject matter that he himself, as a human <laughs> being, is actively going through, and maybe actually not at that point. <laughs> Which in makes the, it in even the... more awkward. Yeah, it's like, this is what you have to look forward to, kid. Now act it out. Like, it's a lot to put on this kid. What if this episode made him think that he was in real life turning into a werewolf a year later? (laughs) Yeah, so, like, imagine the therapy bills that are involved in that. Like, he really needed a raise. Um, So I think a 7.2 feels low to me on this one. I would go, like, a 7... I'll say 7.7. Yeah, I think that sounds that sounds reasonable. Like now we're in like 7.8 even would be yeah. would be great, but like I you don't have to get even into the 8s, but 7.2 like that feels too close to a yeah. failing grade to me. Who would you say had the must see performance in this episode? Definitely Ben Savage. Yeah, Not Ben Savage. Good. No Savage. question. Not no even. one else really gets to do I mean Phyllis Diller does some good stuff definitely. So like sure. many props to Phyllis Diller. Yeah, but I mean, for a Topanga's kid, is great. Topanga's good. Uh, Mr. Feeney, all the hot men of this show. Yeah, they're, they're doing great. They're doing their part. Uh, Mr. Turner, I mean, that scene is really fun. But like, yeah. there's just there's no breakout the way that there is with Corey. Like, this is a Corey Matthews He's showcase. Doing narration, doing yeah. voiceover stuff. This is a complicated episode. Howling. I mean, I, yeah, I do believe that Ben Savage, you know, eventually went on to to you know be a director in his own right, and I'm sure that this was one of the episodes that kind of he learned. Uh, yeah, he's like, you know, maybe you know, maybe this is something that I would like to do with my life. Yeah. Like maybe someday I would actually like to instruct somebody in uh, the becoming of a werewolf. <laughs> uh, must other people see this episode? If you are even passingly interested in re-exploring your Boy Meets World nostalgia, I, I think like, you're... Your puberty, go for it. <laughs> yeah, like, if you don't know what puberty is, yeah. this episode will teach you about that. What it, uh, if you want to so revisit your puberty, yeah. your, were- this, the first, your first day as a werewolf, watch this. This should be taught in health classes around America. Yeah, I think uh, so. No, I think I think it's a it's a really great nostalgic episode of a show that I really did enjoy a lot when I was a kid. Uh, maybe it'll jumble the timeline a little bit for you as well, which is uh, which is worth <laughs> going and and doing. I thought that was really a real fun. head trip. Yeah, it was a, a little bit of a mind bender, but yeah, I would say this is this is fun. This is a fun fun episode of Boy Meets yeah. World. So if you're a Boy Meets World fan, even a little bit, yeah, it's a must watch episode. And I think that if you're um, into Halloween sitcom episodes as I am, this one was a pleasant surprise because I, like a crazy person, I did like an organized list of all the of all the new shows that are on Hulu now, so all the ABC comedies, and I put them in order of all their Halloween episodes so I could watch them year by year, see all that year's Halloween episodes. This is one of the best ones, I think, um, because a lot of them are stealthily not Halloween episodes. Like, they'll have a pumpkin carving cold open, and the episode itself is just nothing. Or it's a normal episode with, like, some uh, orange and black streamers in the background. It's like, no. This one has costumes. It has a spooky story. It has howling. It has a werewolf subplot. It takes place on Halloween, which I think is a prereq to me. For it, Should, it really episode. ought to be. It has to it really happen be at the very least on Halloween. It needs to air near Halloween and take place on Halloween to meet my standards. 
Um, I, I, when you told me that this was, when you, you presented me with a list of Halloween episodes and like the, the big reason why I felt like we had to watch this one was because like, I didn't even know that there was a Halloween episode other than, and then there was Sean, which isn't even a Halloween episode, which aired in like May or something, which is why I I didn't watch it. It was February. I just looked it up. Okay, February yeah, I knew it was like seven ninety eight because it was like episode sixteen or seventeen of that season. So I was like, oh, that's yeah. definitely not. And it makes a lot of sense because like it's in the midst of like the Corey and Topanga breakup. Like they've already uh. broken up, and like Sean is really feeling the guilt. And I've always just associated it in my mind as a Halloween episode because it's a slasher episode. Like it's you know Jennifer Love Hewitt shows up. This okay. is in like. This is in the twilight yeah. of, uh, you know, I know what you did last summer so and everything. So in my mind, again, in the jumbled mind that is my memory <laughs> of Boy Meets World, this was the Halloween one. Um, I'm wrong. And there is a Halloween episode of Boy Meets World. And Brett, we just discussed it. Yeah. And there's also one in season one. But the Halloween plot line is like a B plot line where Morgan is getting a Halloween costume and she picks being a zombie. Okay. But like the A plot is Corey um faking an IQ test and almost <laughs> getting shipped away to a super smart school and he has to come clean that he got the tests out of a trash can. <laughs> but it's like that's not a Halloween episode. Wait, so. okay, so that's October 29, 1993, Boys to Mensa. Boys to Mensa. Yep. Spectacular. <laughs> uh, that's great. This also you know, like on Alias, when they jumped ahead five years, and you're like, whoa, 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 wait a second. So did, are all these episodes taking place five years in the future from now? Or right. were the things we just watched earlier this year taking place five years in the past? And it makes you angry to try and figure it out. So it's like, what's up with Boy Meets World's timeline? Like, is that Boys to Mensa joke make no sense? Because it actually was taking place two years before their first album came out? Boys, what is... Boy <laughs> Boy Meets World's timeline is really very messy, not just because of the missing middle school years, but I don't think that like the timeline of Corey and Topanga and their kids' age, I don't think that that holds. Oh, if, like, right. If you really scrutinize if you're bringing that, in the Girl Meets World continuity. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So like it's you know it's a it's a very it's a it's a flux timeline. You know it's it's uh you can't pin it down. We'll you know if you. T- <laughs> if you try, you're gonna, you're gonna. There's a lot of retconning going on in the Boy Meets World universe. Yeah, I need to find some uh, literary essays or like anal an analysis of. Or write them, write them. Yeah. The cider will take them, right? Yeah. Like, hey, it's dreams now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you want to mention about Boy Meets World? Anything else I want to mention about Boy Meets World? No, just like I, I don't know. This was this was a fun show from my childhood. That every once in a while, when like my wife and I, when Emily and I are just you know looking for things to to watch, like if there's you know we'll we'll stop on Fresh Prince a lot or Full House, uh, and occasionally like if Boy Meets World is on, we'll we'll stop there for a bit. But I didn't know it was on Hulu. Kind yeah. of a game changer. Uh, Hulu. Shout out, because uh, yeah. in, la- in literally the last month, they have added Full House, Family Matters, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Step by Step, Dinosaurs, Ellen, Boy Meets World, Perfect Strangers. That's a lot. <laughs> Amazing. That's a and, really, that's and a And they also added 30 Rock. They, they, they snatched up 30 Rock and also Futurama from Netflix, because Netflix doesn't care about having uh, a library anymore of content. No, they've got their own content. Yeah, they're and they're like, we're too good for that now. And Hulu is like, we'll do it. And they're also, 
Netflix announced they were raising their prices, and Hulu was like, we're cutting our prices. <laughs> yeah, look, we might be headed towards a Hulu future. I know, you know? I, I am so, I am game. Honestly, like, a streaming service that respects 90s sitcoms as much as Hulu has now shown it does, like, you got my money. Yeah. <laughs> my endorsements. And uh, they've got Runaways coming up in a month, right? Brett, so, right. you know, that's another, that's added incentive. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you on the internet if they want to talk to you about Boy Meets World or probably more likely Survivor? I was going to say, like, if I, if you feel like you're becoming a werewolf and you need some advice, you could also seek me out. I'm, I'm happy <laughs> to guide you through whatever whatever changes are happening in this Halloween time that we are living in. Uh, I am on the internet on the Twitters at Round Howard. Like Ron Howard, but rounder. Uh, so you can talk to me there. I also do some some light podcasting of my own. As Brett mentioned, a lot of Survivor stuff over at Rob Has a Podcast and a lot of scripted TV podcasting that I do over at Post Show Recaps. So seek those out if you haven't heard them before. I think some fun stuff happening over there. And, uh, and then I'm just doing like interviews and uh, recaps and deep dives and all sorts of shenanigans over at the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, so check out all that good stuff. That's where I am. That's where you can find me. Excellent. <laughs> I guess you survived. I guess you survived the experience. We all, So everyone survived the, the yeah. Halloween. Which, which is fitting because the body counts on these sitcom Halloween episodes aren't very high. Yeah, usually fairly low, right? Like they don't really, zero. They don't want to... They don't want to break the. They don't uh, want to break the show. Except for this is the last one, so I really need to point this out. Um, I wish that I had watched this episode before I had recorded any of these Halloween episodes because the fact that I'm going to have to wait until next year to talk about the Family Matters episode, Stevel. Stevel, what happened? Upsets in me. I wish. Oh, Josh, every single listener. You need to make sure that for the little Halloween time you have left, that you go to Hulu and you find Family Matters and you watch, I think it's season seven, six or six or seven. The episode Stevel is an episode where Steve's ventriloquist dummy that looks exactly like it's a Steve Urkel ventriloquist dummy comes to life. Stop it. And then kills all the Winslows. No, stop that. And it. At times, is played by a little person in a Stevel outfit, and Ugh. it does da- it dances, which is straight out of Twin Peaks. Ugh. It does creepy dances, and making matters better, worse is that it doesn't. Well, it still has a laugh track, which seems very inappropriate when Steve is opening up a cupboard to d- discover uh, Laura's still living head. Um, Ugh. Ugh. The, so there's still a laugh track, I but the this. score is straight. Straight up Hitchcock psycho score. Like it is spooky strings and like stabs and stings. And it, you could, you could remove the laugh track and it would be a legitimate horror movie. Harriet's head gets put on a jack in the box. I'm just saying, (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I'm spoiling things, but like it is, it's crazy. It sounds like, it sounds like nightmare fuel. Like, like I feel unsettled right now. Just very, very upsetting. And it's, it's, I honestly do not understand how it made it on TGIF. It is the most fucked up sitcom episode I have ever seen. <laughs> it is the is the only Halloween sitcom episode that I've been like that actually was too much. <laughs> All right, so well, find Stevel, people. <laughs> yeah. 
maybe I'm adult enough to handle Steve these yeah. days. <laughs> then again, maybe not. I can't grow a beard. So, so who knows? Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for coming out and surviving this. <laughs> Thanks, Brett. This Yay. was fun. Yay. And that does it for this week's episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guest, Josh Wiggler, for dropping by and talking about Boy Meets World with me this week. Next week on the show... Oh, we begin the Thanksgiving holiday gauntlet, holiday gobble it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And we're going to kick it off in style with quite possibly the most epic episode I have ever done. Um, and it's uh, fitting since we are finally almost 30 episodes into this podcast. We are finally talking about Cheers. We are watching the Cheers episode Thanksgiving Orphans, and we're going to be talking about so, so much more uh, than just Thanksgiving Orphans um, slurring about so much more. It's a trip. So prepare yourself. Thanksgiving Orphans is in season five it is episode nine of season five and you can stream that cheers episode pretty much everywhere hulu amazon netflix and you can buy it in itunes until then you can send your podcast questions about sitcoms to musthaveseentv at gmail.com you can follow the podcast on twitter instagram facebook and tumblr at musthaveseentv if you like what you've heard i beg you on bended knee please 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 rate and review the show in itunes it really helps out you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Brett White. You can read the words that I write at Decider.com, including an all-encompassing sitcom Halloween episode flowchart that will help you decide what Halloween sitcom episode is right for you. You can also check out my sitcom t-shirts and stickers at tpublic.com slash users slash Brett White. The theme song for this episode was Evil Eye by Franz Ferdinand, and right now you are hearing some of Vic Mizzy's original Adam's Family soundtrack music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Thanks to all of y'all for listening, and I'll see y'all next week on Mustacine TV. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.